Mervyn Hanley will inspire Mervyn Hanley will empower A voice powerful beyond measure He will keep us strong under pressure Touching the hearts and souls of family You will hear his voice to your tragedy Television online and overseas Tune in to Mervyn Hanley It is a brand new week and welcome to the Blue Table with Mervyn Hanley this podcast is dated Monday, 22nd February. I hope you had yourselves a great weekend. I certainly did. So much has happened over the weekend, but I will only address a few matters tonight and spread a few throughout the week. So much has happened. So much needs digesting that we just need to, uh, to have them night after night. But I want to talk about the elections in the Turks and Caicos Islands. What a beating that was. What a drum beat that was. Uh, the government, I believe, to some extent, ignored the noise. And I'll, I'll mention why after the break, why I said it to some extent. They ignored the noise of the people and the people decided to speak even louder at the polls. Then you have the vaccine rollout in St. Kitts and Nevis earlier today. St. Martin, I believe, uh, received their vaccines on Friday. So we will touch on all of these. And I also want to share some good news with you, share some exciting news with you, that soon you will hear the blue table on a radio station in your city. And when I say in your city, I am talking about the different islands. You'll hear the blue table in your city. So stay tuned for more information on that. We will announce the rollout soon, where we will begin with a weekend programming. Uh, so you will hear more about the Blue Table or you will hear the Blue Table in countries across the region, especially on the weekends. Uh, but let's hear from the Development Bank of St. Kitts and Nevis and Anchor Podcast and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome to the Customer Support Portal, where we have made it easier for you to contact us. It starts with your question, email, a message, phone call or a search on our website. Our CSP provides prompt and efficient solutions to your problems. We pride ourselves on treating our clients responsibly and ensuring your information is kept safe. Log on to www.sknd.net and send us a ticket or email us at customersupport at sknd.com. You may also call us directly at 869-465-2288 extension 1322 or 954-353-1003. Mervyn Hanley will inspire! Mervyn Hanley will empower! A voice powerful beyond measure! He will keep us strong under pressure! Touching the hearts and souls of family! You will hear his voice to your tragedy! Television online and overseas! Tune in to Mervyn Hanley! And we're back at the blue table. Now let's address the Turks and Caicos Islands. Now, the main opposition, the, the progressive national party, the PNP, they secured a landslide victory when the citizens of Turks and Caicos went out to the polls in the general elections on Friday. Now this led by businessman Charles Washington Mizik. And I believe Mr. Mizik, he was a former uh, chief minister of the Turks and Caicos Islands at one time. Um, the PNP obtained a landslide to 14 to 1. 14 to 1. The other day they were out of up in opposition like a couple of years ago, just three, four, five years ago. Right? 14 to 1 victory. 
over the incumbent People's Democratic Movement. Now, according to the Territory's Supervisor of Elections, Dudley Lewis, the opposition party won nine of the ten electoral district seats and all five of the at-large seats. And the former premier, um, she ran at, on the at-large level. So it was brutal. So Mizik, he's 70 years old. I, I, 70, yes. And uh, as I mentioned before, a former uh, chief minister. And the brother, he's the brother of former premier of the Turks and Caicos Islands, Michael Mizik. And I'm going to touch on that too. So is it out of touch with the people and out of touch with the people's office? That is, was that the fate of the Robinson-led PDM government? Now, Robinson Charlene, she made history when she became the island's first female leader, but she wasn't able to repeat this as the PNP led by the former chief minister was just swept to power. Now, Charles Mizek, who is the brother of former Premier Michael Mizek, um, even before he told supporters on the eve of the election that his new PNP party was going to be victorious as he could have felt it in his bones. Well, he was right. He then charged the many supporters to vote out the government with coldness and boldness. And that act was executed to the letter. Now, Charles Mizek, the new premier of the, the Turks and Caicos Islands, he has some, some stuff on his hands, some issues on his hands. And it's a, a political and family dilemma on his hands because his brother, Michael Mizek, who's a former premier, you know, if, if you know the story of the Mizeks and of the former premier, Michael Mizek, he was caught up with the British and inquiries and corruption charges and, and, and all of that. His brother continues to face a long-standing legal battle of corruption, uncorruption charges. And listen to this. In the most recent twist, the judge, the lone judge handling that case passed away. Passed away. So now the, the, the new well, the DPP or whomever is the, 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 who's dealing with this, whether it's the Attorney General, I don't know if they'll change that. But whoever this, whoever the person sits in that chair, whether it's the DPP or the, the Attorney General, or however it works, they will have to decide the way forward and the fate of this case. Um, Charles Mizek had no such charges against himself when he led the island. But we are talking about his brother. So how does this work? What will happen? And I wouldn't want to be the DPP nor the Attorney General right now. How do you, what, what, what do you say now? How do you proceed with a case with a lone judge, which, you know, human beings, we're going to say that that's suspicious that the judge died a few weeks ago. I don't know. The music, well, let me not go there, but he died a few weeks ago. And then you now have the, the, the brother, now premier of, of, of the brother of the defendant, now premier of the Turks and Caicos Islands. So what is it, what's going to happen? So I am sure the opposition, as well as the supporters, even though they just, well, literally no opposition right now per se, but I am sure the opposition, as well as the supporters, and indeed people across the region, are keen on the direction of this matter, the, where this matter will take us. It is very, it is fascinating to watch. But for me, Mervyn Hanley, for me, it is a very simple decision 
if it was left up to me. And that is if I was to give them advice. And that is to let, to allow the natural course of justice prevail or there just might be two mizics in mischief. We've got our ears to the ground. And as soon as we know, you will know. What next do we have on tonight's program? Now, earlier today, Dr. the Honorable Prime Minister of St. Kitts and Nevis, Timothy Harris, uh, he made remarks underscoring the critical need to seriously consider and eventually taking the vaccine as his government launched the uh, St. Kitts uh, vaccine, St. Kitts and Nevis vaccine plan. Um, so earlier today, there was this rollout uh, using a batch from the 2,000 vaccines received um, early from the Commonwealth of Dominica. Um, the trained nurses I see administering the shots to just about, mm, about 50 individuals. Um, the AstraZeneca vaccine was first administered to, I believe, the medical chief of staff, Dr. Cameron Wilkerson, and then the prime minister of the federation, the Honorable Timothy Harris, I believe from um, counting and from checking the time, he did that at approximately 1.49 p.m. island time. Yes, I was checking. And uh, this first uh, series of vaccines were given to a star-studded lineup of medical uh, professionals. Now, the Dr. Harris reminded the nation that his government's life uh, first approach to the, the managing of the pandemic had borne positive results. And this activity, which he called a, a watershed moment, was indicative of his government's uh, overreaching, um, of his government's plan, rather, to secure the lives of, of citizens and residents of St. Kitts and Nevis. This impressive and symbolic exercise, I'll call it, was executed as a means to provide uh, quantitative evidence that the vaccines are safe and there's a high to, to, to show a high level of confidence in the citizenry, right? Now, there wasn't someone said to me, someone messaged me early and said, oh, they did not take the vaccine. This is someone who, um, <laughs> and I know they're probably laughing that I'm going to say this, but this is not, um, this is someone who's against the vaccine, mind you, taking the vaccine, a good citizen, but they have their reasons why they will not take the vaccine or would prefer not to take the vaccine. And they said, oh, goodness, look at that. The PM just took the vaccine. Probably water is in that vaccine. So, you know, <laughs> so, but because they were saying, oh, they're all showing off that they're taking the vaccine. So they don't believe that it's actually the actual vaccine that these, uh, these professionals, these health professionals, and government ministers are take, have taken, but it is. Now, the country was also reminded that the unity-led government will not rest easy until the virus is defeated, and that is obvious um, from the way they are so strict with protocols and who they give permission to do certain things. So it's very obvious that they, they, are very, um, they, 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 they want to defeat this virus. Now, he said it isn't over. And it isn't over until we have herd immunity. And it isn't over until our neighbor, neighbors have herd immunity, even at this time when we are rolling out our vaccines. 
So I take that, that line from Prime Minister Harris. I took that line to me, listen, okay, if, even if we have herd immunity, if another neighboring island like St. Lucia, don't think because St. Kitts and Nevis has herd immunity that you're going to come from St. Lucia and travel to St. Kitts and Nevis. That's not going to happen. Well, if you travel, you'll spend your 14 days in quarantine. So I think Prime Minister Harris intentionally mentioned um, other neighboring islands about herd immunity from other neighboring islands because he's sending a strong message that, hey, we are going to have herd immunity. Herd immunity will come to St. Kitts and Nevis or will be there. And you're not going to have citizens. You're not. Don't think you're going to come without your herd immunity. Don't think you're going to come here. It's all good and dunking. I'm glory, sorry, because it won't be, right? Um, you'll have to go through the same strict protocols. So, um, the, the, the AstraZeneca vaccines, they are expecting more from the people of the government and people of uh, India. And this, of course, is in addition to the allotment from the uh, COVAX arrangement. Now, while we are on this, I want to continue to shower praise. And it's not bragging rights. It's not to brag. Because I'm telling you, if, if St. Kitts and Nevis, if the Prime Minister and his government were doing a horrible job at controlling this pandemic the way they have or managed it properly, we would not have heard it from citizens. They would not have heard it from Mervyn Hanley and others on social media. So they must, you must have to give them praise and high commendations. No wonder some in St. Kitts and Nevis call him the top dog because his abled leadership has brought St. Kitts and Nevis safely to this critical moment in time without any deaths or community spread. And speaking of deaths, deaths, have you heard of the wild numbers out of St. Lucia? Now, I will not speak on Prime Minister Alan Chastanay's leadership tonight because I think the region has already formed an opinion on that. But, but, but let's hear this. Let's do the deaths um, by the month. And again, this is not bragging rights, but it must be said loud and clear because St. Lucia is in this spotlight again here at the Blue Table. And contributor Rohan Isles in an earlier podcast initially highlighted the trend in the COVID-19 cases. Now, unfortunately, the trend continues. And let's take a look specifically at the deaths related to COVID-19 from November 2020 to present. November, two deaths. St. Kitts and Nevis, zero. No, uh, December, three deaths. St. Kitts and Nevis, zero. Now look at this leap. January, 10 deaths. St. Kitts and Nevis, zero. February, and the month ain't done yet, if I may use colloquial language. Or dialect, rather. February, the month not done yet. 17. St. Kitts and Nevis. I don't even know how to say zero in Spanish. Zero. Zero. March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. Zero for St. Kitts and Nevis. So for St. Kitts and Nevis, it's about leadership you can trust. It's about a safe and secure future. And I know the people of St. Kitts and Nevis, they are happy with the government 
And in the way they are handling the COVID-19 pandemic, you do not have to be a supporter of Timothy Harris. You do not have to be a supporter of Deputy Prime Minister Sean Richards. You do not have to be a supporter of Jonelle and Lindsey Grant. You do not have to be a supporter of the Team Unity government to appreciate how they have handled this pandemic along with the SKN task force because they have done a tremendous job. It wasn't an easy task. They got a lot of blows and that's fine. You're in this arena, you're going to get blows. But they have done a tremendous job in keeping our citizens and residents safe, the citizens of St. Kitts and Nevis. So we got to big them up for that. And we have to continue to support them when they're right and they do good. We say it. It's not going to take anything off of us. You're not going to die because you say the government is doing well on something or controlling something well. You call them out when they do not do good or when you think they're doing bad. You call them out. Some have very thin skin, very thin skin. You can't say a thing to them or about them. A few of them, yes, a few of them is in the team unity government. You can't, you can't even say, no, that's not the way to go. Don't, let's not do it that way. Let, let, offer your advice or be objective. They get vexed with you. <laughs> but I'm going to deal with that in a separate podcast, right? But kudos again to Prime Minister Dr. The Honorable Timothy Harris Deputy Prime Minister, the future Prime Minister of St. Kitts and Nevis, many are predicting Sean Richards and the Team Unity Government for the great job that you have done in handling this pandemic. Tell you what, we'll take a break and uh, I have one more um, story to, to, to deal with. We're going to address it. Roads or politics or the people of the country, who do, you, who do you put your priorities in? We'll talk about that. We'll hear from Carlinson's Bakery on St. Martin and Affluent Homes. We'll be right back. I'm very hungry. Whoa, was that your stomach? You need to get on down to Carl and Son's Unique Bakery, your number one spot for sandwiches, pastries, cakes, and more for breakfast and lunch. Are you in a rush? Call in your order at 543-1059 for town and 544-2462 for Cold Bay. Follow their Facebook page to see their daily lunch specials. Carl and Son's, the right choice since 1982. It's been a while that you're thinking or dreaming of your new home. Let Affluent Homes turn that dream into reality. Leave it to us to deliver. A team of architects and designers have created award-winning designs. We will work with you to develop the distinctive look you envision. For real estate development, property sales and management, you must think of Affluent Homes Limited. Check out our website www.affluenthomesnevis.com or email us merchant at merchantlc.com or call us today at 1-869-665-2121 Affluent Homes Limited Mervyn Hanley will inspire Mervyn Hanley will empower A voice powerful beyond measure He will keep us strong under pressure Touching the hearts and souls of family You will hear his voice through your tragedy Television online and overseas Tune in to Marvin Honey And of course we were speaking about uh, St. Kitts and Nevis and the rollout of the vaccine And now we have some uh, good news or great news from St. Martin as well Who along um, with her Dutch 
sister islands received their first shipment of the COVID-19 vaccine. And uh, the country's health minister, though, I, <laughs> I don't get it, declined to update the public on the quantity of vaccines he had received. And here this crazy or foolish reason. And yes, to me, it's foolish. Um, citing security reasons. Now, what security reasons? <laughs> all other countries, and don't tell me they can't be like all other countries. All other islands, they have said how many vaccines they have gotten. They have said where they got them from. Some have said how much they paid for the vaccines. But here is St. Martin, the government of transparency. St. Martin politicians, they know that they have this cloud of corruption over them. But citing security reasons, they cannot say um, how many vaccines they received. What happened? Man, even vaccine y'all want to just give to your rich friends and, 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 and supporters? Do you want to give to your friends in Belia or at Simpson Bay or at Cooper Coy? What, what, what is this all about? Huh? Why would you not want the people of St. Martin to know the number of vaccines that you have secured? That raises an eyebrow. Don't tell me you have corruption in vaccines too. One thing y'all can't get right. Anyways, but of course, the Prime Minister, Silvera Jacobs, she'll be the first to receive, she'll be the, it will be in the first set rather to receive her, her, her vaccine jab. And I asked the people of St. Martin, you have a decision to make. I know that some of you, you are very, you know, like, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about the vaccine. Well, you have a decision to make. I'm not here to, to, um, to put anything down your throat right now, throats right now, to say, yeah, you got to take it. You're all adults, and I'm sure you will make that decision, that right decision for you, or one that you're comfortable with. However, let me say this, though. Don't think, don't think for a second that you're just sitting back and saying that you're not going to take the vaccine. But you're going to watch others take that vaccine. But imagine you're watching others take the vaccine so that there can be herd immunity. And if there is herd immunity, guess who will benefit? You who did not take the vaccine. So you push everyone forward. Y'all go. Y'all take the vaccine if y'all want to. But mind you, you, know, you want the country. You want the country to get back on its footing. You want to see Princess Juliana Airport booming. You want to see activity over at Point Blanche and, and those places for the cruise, for, 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 for cruise ships. But you don't want to take the vaccine. But others take it. Yes, build the country. But you are a part of that as well. So, again, I'm not telling you what to do, but take into consideration all pros and cons. Now, let's move on to economic recovery, or is it political posturing? And this has been a, a, a debate and discussion on social media, and I would like to, to, to just piggyback on it for a second. Now, a, new, a few Caribbean islands uh, have recently been paying much attention to infrastructure improvements, such as uh, roadworks, that is. St. Lucia, Anguilla, BVI, Nevis are among them. Now, the question has been asked, what is the motive behind such actions of some of these islands? Now, for Anguilla, it may very well be an attempt at economic recovery as that government is fresh off of an impressive electoral victory. So probably it is, um, I see some, some big uh, road works about to take place there in the George Hill area and, and that side of town. So um, big things are happening, at least 
it appears that way, rather. Now, Nevis and St. Lucia, they're both facing uh, pending elections and they're facing the heavy impact of the COVID-19, especially when I, let me take that back. Heavy impact will, I'm talking about uh, 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 St. Lucia, especially. But with Nevis, of course, hundreds are still uh, out of jobs and there are those who are still waiting for their severance and all of that. But the question certainly is, which of the two are, uh, these governments pursuing economic um, recovery or political posturing? Or is it both? Is it both? Which has the greater people impact? Now, investing in roadworks, which of course is very necessary, don't get me wrong, it is very necessary. Or is it providing adequate access to resources for struggling families in order for them to survive the worst economic time in world's history. The worst. The worst. Is it better to spend millions on roads to spur in the, in the, on the economy? Or spend millions on citizens who can have the dual benefit of citizens being better off and they push in the economy from family spending, which is necessary for them, to comfortably navigate the waters in such a time that we're living in? Is it absolutely necessary at this time to, to spend millions on roads? Now, for years, in the case of Nevis, the government has resorted to simply patching the road when economic times were 100 times better. So if in economic times you're patching a road, because people used to make fun, and this is years, not just now, people used to make fun and say, oh, the government just patching roads here and there. And that was when they had money. Milk and honey in the treasury. But you don't have that right now. So should roads be, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, people, because I know some of you, you like to twist and turn statements. Yes, you patch the potholes and stuff like that. But what I am asking, do you take up millions of dollars right now to patch, to fix roads? How is it now that when so many families are in need of help, that there are monies for roads? And again, nothing is wrong with patching the holes here and there at this time, but should it be priority? Don't talk about St. Lucia. Prime Minister Alan Chastany, people can't get monies. International agencies, $320 million was given to the Chastany government. They're going back in the, the house, the parliament. Is it this week? I think. I think it's this week or next week to ask for more monies, but only $7 million out of $320 million thus far. Only $7 million have been made available to people. And here you are, building roads, left, right, and center. According to them, everywhere in St. Lucia, roads, roads, roads. That is the priority of the Chastany government on St. Lucia. So my response to this situation, for some of your Caribbean islands, there are empty pockets. People pocket empty. Fill those. Empty cupboards. Stack those. Little or no income. Remedy those. Rather than seeking to pave roads, find solutions to pave a way to alleviate the everyday human struggles of families. I believe they'll appreciate that more right, right now. Right now as we speak, I'm not saying that you're not supposed to, but right now as we speak, they want money in their pockets. More than a smooth road right now. And you know, while I'm on smooth roads, and if the island of Nevis insists on roads, then Lord have mercy.
Fountain Village, where I am from, to camps. And even Newcastle to Uli, but Fountain Village to camps. I do not think there is a road on Nevis, any stretch of road on Nevis, between Fountain Village and camps. Like, just terrible. It's the worst road right now. That stretch of road on Nevis. If you walk on that road, especially going down Mount Lily Village, if you walk down that road, you're going to sprain your ankle. And you should sue the government if that happens. But here we have a deputy premier of Nevis, who the people of the St. James constituency, which include the Fountain, Mount Lily, and Camps people, we voted for him in 2010. We voted for him in 2011. We voted for him in 2013. We voted for him in 2015. We voted for him in 2017. And he will come back and ask the people of St. James, but specifically, in particular, the people of Fountain, Mount Lily, and Caps, for a vote again. But while he was minister and senior minister of public works, he did not Look back on the people of Fountain, Mount Lily, and Camps especially regarding their roads. Look at the conditions, the deplorable conditions of these roads in Fountain, Mount Lily, and Camps. And I'm sure I can go all over St. James. But those in particular, that area in particular. And he was minister for five years responsible for public works. And that wasn't his concern. That wasn't his concern. To get that road done. The people, we are not his priority. If you tell him, maybe if you tell him that you want to live in Madden's, in one of the housing, maybe you'll get through there. Maybe if someone is in St. Thomas's and they want to move to St. James and want to live in Madden's, which can increase his numbers, maybe that's what will happen. And I am speaking as a supporter of this government, but I am also a voice for the people. And when you're a voice for the people and you hear these concerns every single day, I mean, come on, Mr. Minister. Come on, Alexis Jeffers. But the thing is now, you're busier now. You're a busy man now because you have, you, you, you are also the federal minister. So where and when are you going to find time for the people to build the roads? Are we soon going to hear an announcement about engineering work being done or engineering um, 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 surveys going to be done shortly? For those roads? Or are we going to wait until election to start getting people mobilized and busy so we can fix those roads? I mean, come on. But the people are fed up of the promises. Mr. Deputy Premier of Nevis and Mr. Representative of St. James, I can go back and I will. From 2010, you have been making promises to the people of Fountain, especially, that you will get the roads done. That's 2010. This is, we are now in 2021. Listen, let me end this show right now because my temperature is rising. Because this, this is not good. I applaud you when you're doing good. But come on, man, you got to improve on this. Stop taking the people for fools. Stop riding on the emotions. Stop playing with people's emotions. And go do your job. The people deserve better. 
Do join us again tomorrow evening for a similar presentation. I'll be back here. Um, I do not know who's going to be my guest if there is one, but I'm sure we have issues to talk about. And people love the forum because we're able to speak on issues, not just criticize, but we applaud or we point out where people can do better. And it's not just a political program. So don't think it's just politics. Well, it's not even politics because this is what we're talking about here is an everyday issue and representation. And when I speak about Fountain Village, where I am from especially, that's, that's a lot of Kia in my heart. I know Alexis, he just probably doesn't, have, he doesn't even know what Kia's mean, what, what, how to care for someone means. But I do. And the people are asking for representation and they, they want the roads done. If, you're, if, if roads, the focus of the government, then go fix Fountain Road. Go fix Mount Lily. Go fix camps. And I am ordering you because you know why I'm ordering you? Because we put you there. You are employed by us. Good night, folks. And again, join us tomorrow for a similar presentation. Thank you. Mervyn Hanley will inspire. Mervyn Hanley will empower. A voice powerful beyond measure. He will keep us strong under pressure. Touching the hearts and souls of family. You will hear his voice through your tragedy. Television online and overseas. Tune in to Mervyn Hanley.